Well, that was a tough road loss for the Golden State Warriors, but with three games remaining in the season, Kylan Mills and I are going to bring to you some potential silver linings in this loss. We'll get into that and so much more next. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com. Use the promo code Locked On. You can follow Kylan Mills on social media platforms, including Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. LinkedIn, uh, TikTok. At uh, uh, Kylan Mills. I do have a LinkedIn. I mean, now that you mention it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, same. Yeah, I'll connect with you folks out there. And you can follow me, Cyrus Hotz, on Twitter at Dog Surf Roadshow. The Warriors lose uh, yet another road game. That's been the story of the season. Uh, they do pretty damn good at home, and they're lousy on the road. This time losing to a Nikola Jokic-less Denver Nuggets team. 112-110. They would have wanted if Clay Thompson had hit one of his two attempts at the end of the game. Uh, for a game-winning three-pointer, alas, it did not fall. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, when you look at the standings, there are some silver linings in all this. It wasn't the worst thing in the world that happened. Uh, but Kylan, first things first, let's talk about this game, your immediate reaction to the Warriors losing 112-110. It's a frustrating loss because, yes, the Warriors didn't shoot great from beyond the arc. And that's something the Nuggets have done well all season is defend the three-point line. However, this was still winnable, and we saw it with the late fourth-quarter push. The Warriors were right there. They could have won it. As you mentioned, Klay Thompson had those opportunities. He had a wide open three on that first look, or at least he had plenty of space for Klay Thompson to knock that one down. It just didn't fall. Um, however, given the Warriors hadn't knocked down threes all game, it, it wasn't a huge shock to me. Um, I just think it's frustrating because the Warriors, to me, lost this game for themselves by losing focus, just not playing sharp and turning the ball over. They had some rush possessions where they weren't moving the ball, you know, just kind of running down, chucking up threes way too quickly, and then turning the ball over and just not being smart with possession. And that's the part that's that's tough to stomach is that it feels like the Warriors beat themselves more than the Nuggets beat the Agreed. Warriors, in my opinion. I, I totally agree with you. Um, you know, I, I feel like uh, Steve Kerr is a little obtuse when he comes to his rotations. What I mean by that is... With certain players, he will just pull them in a second. He'll, he'll throw them in there on a whim. Uh, one minute they're playing twenty minutes. One main one minute they're or one game they're playing thirty two minutes. Uh, whereas other players, like you know, nothing can go wrong unless they do like just random things. And what I mean by that is, of course, you know, the, the player that I unfortunately talk about a lot here, Anthony Lamb tonight. He actually only played fifteen minutes. But it wasn't missed threes that took him out of the game. He was 0 for 2 from beyond the arc. It wasn't questionable defense. Draymond Green was caught on camera lecturing him over a missed defensive assignment. No, it was it was a turnover. It was his second turnover of the game. He committed a turnover. I think it was a bad pass. A second later, he's out of the game. All right? So so with, with Anthony Lamb, he cannot commit turnovers. Anything else, Steve Kerr will leave him in no matter what. But if it's a turnover, he's out. Uh, but what made it even more uh, precarious is when he took Lamb out of the game uh, uh, in the fourth quarter, he replaced him with Dante DiVincenzo, and we had a four-guard lineup out there with Kevon Looney. Uh, that's a lineup that hasn't worked before, uh, and it was not a lineup that worked tonight. 
Um, and then there's other players. Like, obviously, the veterans will get as big of a leash as possible. Draymond Green has been a turnover machine lately. Uh, he had four more tonight. Just not a good game from him overall. I mean, you, you, don't, you don't really rely on the offensive numbers to judge him, but uh, it, it wasn't good offensively. He was two for seven from the field. Uh, did have nine rebounds and seven assists. But even defensively, uh, there were times where Aaron Gordon was just uh, uh, beating him. Um, the Nuggets had this other guy I'd never even heard of until tonight, Peyton Watson, who played 20 minutes filling in for Jokic. It was just eating the Warriors up alive because he's actually tall. Um, and then the splash party was just a total dud. Uh, Steph, Clay, uh, who missed the game winner, and Jordan Poole, none of them were shooting good from three. Uh, Steph was 2 of 14 from beyond the arc, a horrible shooting night. Clay Thompson, 5 of 16 from beyond the arc. Uh, and then Jordan Poole didn't make a single three. He was he was 0 for 3. Uh, your reaction to everything I just dropped on you right there. I feel like I said a lot. Yeah, and I think that what some people are dropping in the comments is true, that Steph and Clay do also need to take some accountability for this loss. I mean, I think you pointed out a couple of terrible turnovers. I mean, terrible turnovers across the board, but specifically Anthony Lamb had a pair that were just brutal. Um, but I think that there were a lot to, there was plenty to go around throughout the yeah. game. Um, but I do think there needs to be some responsibility on, on Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, because if they make a few more threes, this is a different ball game and the Warriors win as it did come down to a two point game. Yeah. Um, and, and as we mentioned, there were some opportunities where those two had looks. Um, so I think there definitely needs to be some responsibility across the board for the Warriors. Like they didn't shoot well from deep. Their stars, Steph and Clay did not step up in the moments they needed to step up. I don't feel like I saw the leadership we usually see from those two mm -hmm. um, and the firepower they usually bring to, to really try to, you know, be the engines of this team. So I think there needs to be some accountability to go around uh, lamb two killer turnovers. But I mean, you look at the starters. I don't love what we saw from the splash party. You mentioned Jordan Poole as well. Uh, you know, so I don't think there's necessarily one person, one player, one or two things you can point at. There was a multitude of issues that led to the Warriors losing this game, and they still were in it. It was still a two-point game, which is the crazy thing, despite lacking execution, lacking focus, lacking, you know, a number of in a number of areas of the game. Um, so the fact that it was a two-point game, honestly, is kind of a positive. Now, the Nuggets didn't have Nikola Jokic, so this is not the team the Warriors would face should these two meet in the playoffs. But the fact that it was a two-point game, despite the Warriors uh, seeming to squander this one away with a number of self-inflicted wounds, um, isn't necessarily a bad thing. I like the fight late in the game the team showed, and they were able to lock in. I just tweeted, I was like, man, I wish they would have done that sooner. You know, like, I wish <laughs> yeah, they, like yeah. why not kick it into that gear a little bit earlier in the game? Instead, it just seemed like a total lack of focus, like I said, all around, not just one or two individuals, just as a team as a whole. <laughs> um, you're absolutely right. Uh, let, let's play here some sound from uh, Steve Kerr, uh, he, you know, offering his reasons for why he thought the Warriors uh, struggled and ultimately lost this game. Of the second quarter, we had total control of the game and we stopped playing and um, we just uh, lost our focus at both ends. Um, gave up a ton of offensive rebounds, missed box outs um, offensively. Um, had several mindless possessions in a row, throwing the ball away, uh, a bunch of shot turnovers, just bad shots. Um, I give Denver a lot of credit. I thought they played really well defensively, but um, we had control of the game mid-second quarter and um, and just handed that back to them. And then then it's a game, and uh, you know we gave them life and and uh, they they took advantage of it. it. Might be hard to diagnose, but like, why do you think that the lack of focus kind of yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I I, I don't have an answer for you. I, I uh, you know, I, I 
wish I could have done a better job of uh, of getting them, um, you know, locked in at that point. I tried to take a couple timeouts and you know get them organized and you know get them get them focused, but. Um, you know, those last five or six minutes of the quarter were um, really a mess, and it carried over to the third. I love the way our guys uh, finished the game. We gave ourselves a chance. Steph made a great pass to Clay, and, you know, back rims a, a three with a chance to win. So the guys really fought in those last four minutes. But, um, you know, from mid-second quarter to, until those last four minutes, um, we were mindless out there. We weren't tough enough not disciplined enough and uh, ultimately didn't didn't deserve to win the game. Ooh, some harsh words from the head coach of the Golden State Warriors. Um when we come back, I'm going to I want to highlight uh one statistic that I think was the difference in this game and it was just awful three-point shooting. We've talked touched on a little bit, but I got some more nuanced uh, data to present to you. And then there was a, a a there were two bright sides in this game. One being a specific player and one being the standings. And I'll explain all that in just a moment. Kylan, is there anything you want to add before we go to a, a quick break here and get some love to prize picks? No, I mean, I honestly think that Steve Kerr was spot on. And I know we don't always agree with Steve Kerr, but I think the team lost focus. They lacked some focus and hustle. Turnovers were costly in addition to missing threes. And I just think the starters didn't play well. Something I was just looking at um, while we were hearing that soundbite, because I was trying to put together the numbers in my head on my phone, but I had to look on my phone. And the Warriors starters accounted for 12 of those 15 turnovers. And Ooh. the bench players really were not the ones that were the problem. Jordan Poole only had one turnover, which is, you know, a little bit surprising for him. He's averaging more than three per game. Jonathan Kaminga didn't have a single turnover, and he is, you know, one who, as a younger player, can tend to make some of those mistakes. Um, so, I mean, to me, that just does point to the fact of kind of what we were saying that this does, this loss does fall on the starters quite a bit. And I do think that throughout the season, that's not always been the case. This has been a team that their starters tend to play strong. They're the defending champions. Um, and the depth has been an issue at times. And the second unit has been an issue at times, but to me, that wasn't necessarily the problem. Although lamb did have a couple of costly ones. It was the starters that, that were really just fumbling the bag at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll have a lot more just a moment after uh, we give some love first to uh, one of our many sponsors, uh, and that is Price Picks. And also want to add as well, uh, the door is open right now. If any local businesses uh, or anyone for that matter want to sponsor our show uh, specifically, um, you can do that. It, the, the door is open for a limited time. Uh, just email warriors24pod at gmail.com. Uh, again, warriors24pod at gmail.com or reach out direct message myself, Kylan, whoever, and we'll set it up from there. But uh, we actually have some some little slots open if you want to be a sponsor on our program. Uh, but Price Picks is one of the sponsors, and you can get an awesome, slick little overlay like they have on our YouTube show right now um, that highlights their 100% deposit match. And ultimately, Price Picks is so much damn fun. Uh, I don't know if you can bet on college players. Uh, I bring that up because the the NCAA Women's uh, National Championship was today. I was thoroughly entertained by that game. Um, and it makes me wonder, is it Caitlin Clark? Is that her name, the player for Iowa? Yep. She does. She, yeah, she, I can I can immediately understand the appeal. Like, sure, she, her release is so fast. It's yep. smooth. Uh, yep. She's exciting. I Yeah, I was I was hooked for the moment I started watching. And I don't know if you could if you could, you could uh, play some bets down on prize picks for college athletes. Wouldn't surprise me if you could, but I would have bet on Caitlin Clark. Uh, you would have probably lost if you had bet on Stephen Curry tonight on the over anyways. You could also bet on the under. The whole premise is individual players and over-unders on points, rebounds, assists, 
it's not just basketball either. You can bet on hockey, you can bet on soccer, you can bet on the football, whatever you want to bet on. Just go to Price Picks and and have some fun because it is a delight. Download the Price Picks app or go to PricePicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. If you deposit 100 bucks, they give you 100 bucks. If you deposit 50, you only got 20. Whatever you want to start with, they will match your deposit. And see, even my dog. <laughs> Don't forget to enter the promo code Locked On and sign up for an instant deposit match of up to one hundred dollars that was me stalling so i press the button you are locked on warriors your daily golden state warriors podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. So is Kylan Mills on social media. You can follow her on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Kylan Mills. And again, you can follow me, Cyrus Sotsas, on Twitter, at Dog Surf Roadshow. Jonathan Kaminga uh, became the youngest player in Golden State Warriors history to hit 100 three-pointers. That's awesome. So that was one positive. Uh, he finished the game. Uh, he only played 22 minutes. And they, this is where... You know, there was a substitution in the fourth quarter I was talking about where where, uh, where Steve Kerr pulled out Anthony Lamb because of that second turnover just immediately and replaced him with Dante DiVincenzo. And, and it was a moment like that where I don't understand why Steve Kerr does not look at his bench and 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 just sees Jonathan Kaminga for this athletic 6'8 freak that he is and and put him in there. I mean, the, the, the data overwhelmingly shows that the more he plays – the more they win. When he plays 25-plus minutes in a game since New Year, the Warriors win over 70% of the time. So what happens tonight? He plays 22 minutes, 33, 36 seconds, was 3 for 5 from the field, 1 for 2 from 3. Uh, was I thought was playing solid defense, and defense they needed. Aaron Gordon was was just eating the Warriors up in this game tonight. Kaminga was one of the very few people who could have at least tried to neutralize that. Um, but again, he didn't get the run that I've been advocating for all season. Finished the game with 9 points. Your reaction, Kylan, to young 20-year-old Jonathan Kaminga. What did you see from him tonight? First of all, I think it's awesome that Jonathan Kaminga has become the youngest warrior to reach 103 pointers, considering yeah. you've got a couple of the best three-point shooters in the game on this roster who played with this team at a young age. That's kind of crazy. Like, uh -huh. I mean, I feel like JK's ability to hit the, the long shot is overlooked a little bit now. He's still developing it. I mean, he's still right around, I think, 33, 34%, but still you know, for a big like he is and, and a young player, I think that could continue to go up. So I'm excited mm -hmm. um, to see what happens with Jonathan Kaminga. I would like to see him get more minutes as well. I think he's going to be the key piece. And I've said this, uh, especially throughout the second half of the season, Jonathan Kaminga is the X factor off the bench. I thought he played solid defense. Um, you know, who I actually thought was surprisingly invisible was Gary Payton the second and yeah. he was very limited in his minutes as well. I was curious if that was something that was pre-planned that, you know, he's not full go at this point, or even if he's not full go that they're just restricting or keeping an eye on minutes to try to keep him healthy since he's just coming back from that injury. But he only played 11 minutes. That surprised me two mm -hmm. points. And I thought he was kind of a non-factor. So just while we're talking about defense, that kind of just popped in my head. But um, Jonathan Kaminga, I thought played solid. I wouldn't mind minded seeing him get more minutes when he's hot i think that the warriors go and as you mentioned you know just looking at the correlation between warriors winning jonathan kaminga minutes and jonathan kaminga points i think there's definitely a direct relationship there and yeah. that when he plays well off the bench and he has big games the warriors win 
I, I mean, there's no question to me. So, you know, I thought that he looked good. He looked fine in the minutes he was in, but you know, let's try to get him some more. I, I would not be opposed to that uh, as we approach these final three games, they need his athleticism and his defense, especially if Andrew Wiggins isn't back. And that's one thing I've been pointing out a lot is that if Wiggins isn't back, Jonathan Kaminga does help fill some of that role. He's not the same as Andrew Wiggins, but he does have some of the traits and the ability to defend in a similar way with the length that Andrew Wiggins had. Yeah, and, and, and I personally, from just the eye test, uh, I thought one issue Gary Payne the second hat tonight was as good of a defender as he is. And, you know, it was great seeing him on Jamal Murray, for example. Uh, the two players that were just eating the Warriors up, they were just absolutely slaughtering them, uh, were Michael Porter Jr., who stands 6'9", 6'10". He played huge, 30. Yeah. Yeah, he's huge. He played 34 minutes, scored 29 points, was four for eight from three. There isn't much Gary Payton II can do against a player like him. And then Aaron Gordon, uh, who is also 6'10", 6'11", another relatively large human being. You know, Gary Payton II is, what, 6'2", 6'3"? Um, there's only so much he can do. And so he was kind of limited tonight, um, given that the Warriors are just getting killed when it comes to size. I, I just, you know, and this is one of those moments where, adjustments I feel like were needed uh you know like the, the players with more size like a Jonathan Kaminga could have been used more um but at the same time it's just when your best players are turning it over at the clip that they're turning it over there just isn't much you could do um I think a lot of people are focused and curious about the standings um because we had a lot of games tonight and so the standings are just changing almost daily I, I know I've got it I'm always checking scores now because it's like yeah, yeah. The Warriors did they win did they lose because sometimes the standings don't update right away I mean it's an absolute dog fight in the wild west so it's crazy. like this last week's gonna be crazy like I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot of movement you've got to be checking scores like every freaking day yeah so give us the lowdown side because right. what do we do this what do we uh what do we uh, just uh, uh go through a commercial read real quick here we'll, we'll sure. call it a tease and then we'll just be ad free the rest of the way and we'll talk about what's going on in the nba and where the warriors are with with three games remaining because even though they lost tonight if there was ever a night for them to lose a game i feel like tonight was it and i will explain why in just a moment after we uh talk about built bar a yummy snack that i still owe kylan like a year later um it will come someday kylan i i promise it you you won't know when it'll just magically show up and then you'll be like he finally came through it was only a year later. Um, Bill bars are, are, look, they're yummy snacks. Uh, you know, I was using them largely uh, to to lose weight because one of the many awesome things about Bill bars is they, they pack in on average 16, 17 grams of protein, yet simultaneously they only have about 130 calories and they only have four grams of sugar, despite having flavors like churro, cookies and cream. Um, you get such minimal amounts of sugar and sugar is a toxin, folks. It's a carcinogen. It turns directly into fat. And so if you're trying to lose weight, if you're trying to build muscle, Built is absolutely the way to go. You can go to Built.com to find their their all of their flavors and maybe order a sample pack if you've never ordered one before. Or go check them out in stores. They're available in Walmart and at Sam's Club. Go check it out. Built Bar. It's yummy. You are locked on Warriors. Your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. One final segment, you can follow Kylan Mills on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Kylan Mills. And follow this program on Twitter at Locked On Dubs. 
Uh, it's where we routinely post our, our live show times and any other information pertaining to the show. So the Golden State Warriors with the loss tonight have dropped to the sixth seed. Uh, the record is 41 and 38. They're three games above 500. They're tied with the Clippers. And so, the, so first of all, I just we I need I want to explain real quick the tiebreaker between the Clippers and the Warriors. Um, yeah. Both teams uh, split the season series. So, and because they're in the same division, the tiebreaker between those two is going to come down to division record. And right now, the Clippers have the edge. They have a seven and seven division record. The Warriors are six and nine in the division. However, uh, the Clippers have two more division games remaining this season. Uh, so, in theory, the Clippers could drop their division record to seven and nine uh, if they lose their last two games to the Lakers. And that's a massively huge game now. Um, that's going to be Wednesday night on ESPN. I think anyone in Dub Nation who uh, loves the team is going to be watching that game because it probably will have massive implications uh, for playoff seeding. Um, so, they, so the Clippers have that game, which they very easily could lose. And then on Saturday, April 8th, they play at home against the Portland Trail. No, I'm sorry. Uh, Sunday, April 9th, they, they go to Phoenix uh, to play the Suns. If they lose both those games, the Warriors and the Clippers will then likely have uh, identical division records because the Warriors have one more divisional opponent remaining this season uh, in the standings. And uh, actually, do they? Yeah, they have one more, right? Is it? Hold on. I lost my schedule here for a second. Am I explaining everything uh, so far uh, clearly? Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so so the Warriors' last three games this year are going to be against Oklahoma City, Sacramento on Friday, and then Portland. If the Warriors win that Sacramento game, and if the Clippers lose uh, their two divisional games to Phoenix and to the Lakers, then the tiebreaker uh, between those two teams uh, is going to be win uh, your their win loss record against playoff teams. That I I don't know who's going to calculate that, um, but that's where that tiebreaker is going to come down to potentially. Right now, the Clippers have it. Uh, if the Clippers lose those two divisional games and the Warriors win at their last divisional game, then the tiebreaker between those two teams, I believe, will come. I don't think conference record applies to divisional uh, 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 opponents. So it's going to come down to your win-loss against playoff teams. So that's where those two stand right now. Uh, the Clippers uh, uh, right now are, again, are the five seed. The Warriors are the six seed. The team that the Warriors need to worry about the most are the L.A. Lakers. The Lakers are currently a half game behind the Warriors for at the seventh seed and the Lakers own the tiebreaker over the Warriors because of head to head. So by winning the head to head, all those other tiebreakers becomes irrelevant. So the Warriors have to stay ahead of the Lakers. That's a big one. Um, if they want to avoid the play in and the Lakers are surging right now. And then the Lakers have four games remaining this season. They're at Utah on Tuesday. They're at the LA Clippers on Wednesday and this sort of at, right. They both play at Staples center. Uh, but that's going to be the second of a back-to-back. -back. So, so that kind of favors uh, the Warriors in that regard. Um, and then the Clip, uh, the Lakers play the Suns on Friday and then finish the season on Sunday again uh, against the Utah Jazz. So that's where they're at right now. And then the the the, the New Orleans Pelicans are currently um, also a half game behind the Warriors, but the Pelicans are behind the Warriors when it comes to conference record. That is the tiebreaker between those two. Actually, you know what? After tonight, that changed. So the Warriors have to worry about the Pelicans a little bit as well uh, because the Warriors conference record just took a dip losing to the Nuggets tonight. Um, so the Warriors have to fend those two teams off. That's what they're worried about the most. And then they have a two-game lead over the Timberwolves right now. The Timberwolves are flailing. Um, I don't think the Warriors are, are too worried about them right now, again, because of that two-game lead. 
Uh, and that's really what's left. I don't think the Warriors can catch the Phoenix Suns. The Warriors trail Phoenix um, by two and a half games. Phoenix also owns the tiebreaker. Um, so that might actually be official at this point. Um, so it's going to be either the five seed, the six seed, um, maybe the seven or eight seed. And I'm basing this largely on the Warriors winning either all three of their, their, their remaining games or at least winning two of their three remaining games. Uh, they have one more road game in the, on the season. Uh, that is going to be or two more road games. I'm sorry, at Sacramento and then at Portland to finish the season. Uh, anything you want to add to that or any questions, Kyla? I hope I explained that clearly. No, I mean, you did. The entire thing is a little bit confusing just because of how much movement there could potentially be. But the one thing that just keeps popping up in my mind, anyone who's been a competitive athlete will tell you, most current con competitive athletes and coaches will tell you, you've got to focus on the things that you can control and doing everything in your power to win out. And that's where the Warriors are at right now. Yes, a lot of different things could happen in terms of all these tiebreakers, all these teams that are in the mix from the five to eight spot. But the Warriors right now need to focus on playing good basketball because what we saw tonight was not good basketball and flat out control what you can control and show up to win. A couple people had tweeted at me in regards to something I tweeted about how every game matters based on how wide open the standings are. And they're like, you wouldn't be able to tell based on the Warriors the way the Warriors played tonight. I mean, that was kind of the feedback from some of the fans. They just didn't think there was that intensity. And as Steve Kerr said, he felt like his team didn't deserve to win the game because of a lack of focus. Um, I just was trying to look as well because I saw Dante DiVincenzo was, was talking at the podium and he had an interesting quote where he said that basically if you're one of the players, okay, here's the exact quote Dante DiVincenzo said in post game, ultimately you have to look at yourself in the mirror. If you're out there playing this game and you're waiting for somebody else to tell you, excuse my, excuse my language, get your head out of your ASS. That's not going to work. That's not going to win basketball games. That's what Dante DiVincenzo said in the postgame. And he's absolutely right. The Warriors have to get their heads out of there. You know what? They need to start playing good basketball. And tonight was just not smart. Once again, I just feel like the Warriors beat themselves more than the Nuggets beat them. Yeah. So from here on out, with the way these standings are, how wide open it is, the Warriors need to focus on what they can control. And that's playing good, smart basketball. Not any of the stupid turnover crap that we saw tonight. I mean, flat out. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think if they win out, then you feel good about where you stand. If you lose, if you drop one of these games, you shouldn't drop, or maybe even two, then, you know, there's no one to blame but yourselves. There's nothing else you can do but look in the mirror. So for the Warriors, it's got to be in a complete focus every single game on playing good basketball. There also is hope, potentially, someone mentioned this in the chat, the Kings maybe don't play everyone in, in that final game, given if they're, you know, their spot's pretty solidified. So that would maybe help the Warriors, because that's the one opponent that I would say. I mean, you know, you've got the Thunders. I don't think the Trailblazers, personally, would give the Warriors problems. So to me, that's maybe the Kings is the one that you're like, Ooh, you yeah. know. But if they potentially sit people, that could also help the Warriors cause. Still, I just think the Dubs have to play better than they did tonight. And they've got three more games. Just show up and do it. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of Dante DiVincenzo, I thought he had a, a terrific game tonight. He shot 8 of 12 from the field. Uh, just like nearly every other player was awful from three. One for four. Awful is a strong word. But he was one for four from three. Uh, did grab 13 rebounds to go along with 18 points. Also, though, had three turnovers. Um, that soundbite you mentioned of uh, that attribution of, of DiVincenzo you just mentioned, uh, the folks over at uh, NBC Sports Bay Area actually tweeted that clip. Let's hear uh, from Dante Perfect. DiVincenzo. I don't know if this is what a uh, repeat of what you uh, just said or something else. Let's hear Mr. DiVincenzo. When there is like a lull in yeah. focus, who, who is it on to kind of bring guys together or kind of help lock in? Um, I mean, ultimately, you have to look yourself in the mirror. Um, 
You can if you're out there, you know, if you're out there playing this game and you're you're waiting for somebody else to tell you, you know, excuse my language, or get your head out of your ass like that, like that's not going to work. It's not going to win games. So um, you have to look yourself in the mirror and, and, and it got to start with from within. Um, but also we have, you know, we have great leaders. Um, and I think we rely on those leaders big time. Um, but everybody outside of that, um, we have to come together as well uh, because that's a lot of responsibility on, on, you know, three, four of those guys. And uh, I think we'll take them to a new level when, you know, everybody else kind of, you know, sticks together and, and uplifts them as well. Yeah. So there, that's, that's Dante DiVincenzo. I wanted to uh, also uh, highlight just how bad the Warriors three point shooting was tonight. They were, they were actually doing great in the opening quarter. There were four for nine uh, from beyond the arc uh, in quarter one, second quarter, they were Oh, for eight. They didn't make a single three as a team in the second quarter. Oh, for eight. That's where it all started kind of, you know, diving into that tailspin. In the third quarter, a quarter that until this year, the Warriors used to routinely uh, dominate. I mean, it was it was almost as common as breathing air. I mean, it was this is one of the weird things about the Warriors of the season, one of the many weird things, is that they're no longer dominating third quarters. Uh, I've been keeping track of where they are. I think right now uh, they're either 34, 43, and 1, although that might be I might not have updated that. Uh, I think that's off a game. Um, but the point is they're not dominating third quarters. And in this third quarter, there were three of 13 from beyond the arc. And then in quarter four, three-point shooting, there were two for 12. That includes Clay Thompson uh, missing those last two, one being a miss and one being uh, partially blocked. Um, so the shot was not there tonight. You know, I, I agree with everyone in the chat saying that the effort wasn't there tonight. Um, you know, I want to. Uh, there's a few chat chats that I pinned here that I before we go, Kylan, I'd love to uh, uh, address together. The traveling Arquides, um writes, "This team is old. That is the problem." Do you agree with that, Kylan? Um, the team is old. They're on the older side. At least the core certainly is, and the starters are getting up there. But I don't necessarily think that's the problem. Because we've seen flashes of these older veterans play fantastic, play great, still dominate. They're just not bringing it consistently every single night, which to me is a mental thing. Like that's not a physical thing and not being able to physically perform. It's a mental thing that you're just not checked in. And as Steve Kerr said with tonight's loss, it was a lack of focus, which largely fell on the starters. And when you're talking about things like focus, effort, hustle, intensity, I don't think that's necessarily a physical issue with any of the the core in terms of age, it's it's a mental thing. And why they've come in and, and performed this way throughout the season, inconsistent with the ups and downs, I mean, that's just a mystery to everyone because coming in off an a NBA championship, I don't think being one year older is the problem that has plagued this group. Yeah, yeah. When you're looking at focus issues, stupid turnovers, like these are all mental aspects of the game to me that the Warriors just have not been consistently performing at. Yeah, I agree. In my opinion. No, no, I'm, I'm with you. That, the, the only thing I see age uh, uh, being applicable here for is, um, and it's not even age, it's more just experience and everything the Warriors have accomplished. And I think it makes it hard to rise up. Uh, for all these regular season games. I just I just think the challenge is just not there for them like it is for most other players. And so maybe the incentive, the motivation might not be there. But, I, but Draymond, I'm seeing little signs of it. Um, Clay coming back from the injury, offensively, he's as good as he's ever been. Defensively, I think he's okay. Some people are critical of his defense, but um, yeah. Uh, a few more here real fast. Um, 
One thing I want to yeah. mention really quick while you're bringing up Please. the next chat was just some people are saying, oh, well, you know, it is also them being old and them getting tired. But to me, like the age wasn't an issue last year when they had the depth. So that's also where I point to roster construction and depth and the bench being an issue more than the starters being old being an yes. issue because they were able to do all the things that they wanted to do and accomplish last season because they had a deeper team. And I know a couple of people were mentioning they want Moody to play tonight. They want some of these other guys. Why didn't Jermichael Green get minutes if the if the starters are so tired? Like to me, if the starters are tired this season, it's because they have such a huge, huge burden and workload because the depth hasn't quite been You're there. You're absolutely I mean, right. This season, I do not think the second unit has lived up to what last year's second unit was able to contribute. So whether you want to say, oh, well, they're old, so they can't handle the more burden, I guess. But to me, there should be more help there. I think, you know, when you look at Steph Curry being worn out, uh, you know, at different points in the season, it's not necessarily Steph Curry's age. I think it's because Steph Curry at times this season has been doing everything for this team. And this is a bad time to bring that up because he did have an off night tonight and I don't think he was great. But if Steph Curry's tired, I think it's because he's been doing too yes. much. No, he's I been carrying a huge workload. He needs agree. more help. Like flat out, I feel like myself and the fans and so many people have been saying this throughout the season, like get Steph Curry some help. He needs more help. Poor Kevon Looney starting every game for two straight seasons. That's not just a thing. I know it is a thing of pride for him, but that's also partially been out of necessity. <laughs> yeah, you don't right. have anyone else. So I just, I don't know. When you talk about these players getting old, I just think you also have to look at if they're tired and worn out, probably because they also need more help. And the Warriors have struggled in getting any consistency with that second unit, figuring out what rotations work. It, you know, they've dealt with injuries and, and only, you know, had limited players available. You had to sign Anthony Lamb after leaving that 15th roster spot open. So to me, some of those issues are ones that are outside of the control of the vets and don't necessarily directly. I mean, it does, you know, I don't know. I don't think it directly correlates to their age because I think that Steph Curry still has plenty of gas left in the tank, but he can't do it all yeah. literally. No, you're absolutely right. And, and, and debates I've had with others regarding the Warriors. Um, one point of emphasis I always harp on is strength in numbers is not just an adage. Um, there is a lot of truth yeah. to that. Outside of the Kevin Durant years, this every successful Warriors team has relied on considerable depth. And that's a huge question mark this year. In fact, this ties into um, Ray1953, who writes, I just wish Kerr would have played the younger players more early in the season. I think he would have gotten a surprise there, hungry and young. Um, Ray, I'm glad you brought that up, partly because it, it does tie into uh, partly to what uh, Kyla just said. But also, we're going to have a lot of shows coming up here where there will not be games. When the playoffs start, there's going to be a lot of days in between. Uh, and I want to dedicate at least one show just to what really happened this year in terms of the, the divide between the roster that was constructed and the vision that went behind that, a vision that I 100% supported and I saw and it made sense. And then the reality, which was what Kerr did not like with that vision and what he went, what he went with instead. Um, I totally agree with you, Ray. So, but it didn't happen. You know, at this point now, it's just, it's just more of a reflection. Uh, not much you can do. Um, uh, AC writes this. I don't know if you can answer this, Kylan. It's a great question. I noticed it as well. I didn't agree with it. Um, AC writes, why was Steph and Jordan Poole oftentimes matched up on Michael Porter Jr. Um, most of the game? I was asking myself the same question. It wasn't just switches. Uh, Steph was literally following Michael Porter Jr. around the court for a lot of the game. And I, I noticed the same thing with the pool party. Did you see that as well? And any any inkling from, from your intuition as to why <laughs> that was the situation? No, it, it. I agree. That didn't make sense. No. There was one point where I remember Steph was chasing him. And I'm like, why? Yeah. Because as we mentioned, Michael Porter Jr. is huge. Yeah. I mean... 
Is he six nine or six ten? Do you know? Well, I mean, regardless, whatever. He, I mean, he's inches taller than yeah. Steph. That's all you need to know. <laughs> and and he had no problem getting to the rim. He was pulling down rebounds left and right. I don't know why you wouldn't have put a bigger body on him to pr- try to prevent that from happening. Yes, he knocked down some perimeter shots, but he also was getting to the basket. He finished in the paint. Like I said, I think he finished with eleven rebounds. So. That doesn't make sense when you've got a player with so much size like him. I mean, a Steph and JP matchup is just not going to work out in the favor of the Warriors. So I don't know. It's a strange situation. To me, this is a game where you needed Andrew Wiggins, though. Like Wiggins would be the prime player to match up with an MPJ. So unfortunate that he wasn't here. I don't know why it ended up being Steph and, and Jordan Poole at any point in the game outside of a switch that shouldn't have happened. But yeah, no, I, I, I mean, the Warriors are limited in options, I guess. Um, I mean, you know, size is an issue with this team. I mean, even their defensive stalwarts, Gary Payton the second, Dante DiVincenzo, they're small. Yeah. They're small. Even when those two sub in, it's a small group. It's a small roster. So I agree. You know, uh, and, and two more real fast here, and we'll we'll leave you for the evening. Uh, Ward 71784 writes here, me, Sai, and Kylan is here as well. Uh, as good as Draymond is on defense, uh, his lurking at the paint hurts, hurts the most especially on the road, overhelping leads to open corner threes or an easy, easy offensive rebound. I agree. I've actually, uh, I haven't mentioned that as much lately, but that's a point uh, Rick Barry and I dedicated like half of a whole show on that uh, in terms of why the Warriors defense has been uh, uh, struggling this year versus years past. And one of those is Draymond Green. He oftentimes um, just lets shooters shoot those open threes. He's, uh, he's, he's making decisions based on calculations of, uh, opponent's three-point shooting percentage and decides way before the shot, should I challenge this guy? I don't know. you got to challenge almost everyone now. I mean, the, the only player out there that it, it seemed okay to leave open was Aaron Gordon, um, just because Aaron Gordon's an awful three-point shooter. But most players in this league can shoot the three. And I agree with those sentiments. I think Draymond's letting a lot of people go. And then last uh, but not least from Jill Espina, uh, and I feel like, Kylan, this relates a lot to you because you grew up in the Midwest. You watched uh, Phil Jackson's Chicago Bulls. Um, and Phil Jackson, one of his many uh, fascinating practices as a coach that I personally loved is that he would assign reading uh, to his players. And yep. players usually were assigned uh, one book per season. Um, and there were books that Phil felt would help them individually with personal growth. Um, they were not basketball books either most of the time. They're, these were usually pieces of literature or, or uh, nonfiction um, so I'm totally with you. I, I, I love that practice. I don't think Kerr does that. Um, but I don't think it would hurt if he did. Uh, any thoughts you want to add on that, Kyle? And anything else as you wrap it up tonight? Yeah, I kind of like that. Uh, a lot of Phil Jackson's coaching methods were unconventional, but that's one that I think is smart. I like yeah. it. And honestly, the Warriors need some self-help books with where they've been at mentally this season and the ups and downs, man. Um, I don't think it would be a bad thing. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Well, folks, for for people who are bummed out uh, about tonight's loss, the Warriors are still very much on the path to the to the fifth or sixth seed. Uh, this loss yeah. was not as detrimental as it may feel. Um, I can understand yeah. being discouraged by the effort, by the veterans, the turnovers, the poor defense. There was a lot to be disappointed about, but in the big picture, might be all for nothing. So uh, I, I certainly am not hitting the panic button from this game. Um, especially given that the only team really that's that seems to be a legitimate threat are the Lakers. Uh, they're on fire right now, but there's still three games left for the Warriors, four for the LA Lakers, um, and we'll be back at this on Tuesday. Guests to be determined. Kylan, always a pleasure. Thanks for coming on. Uh, anything else before we go? Are we all good? 
That's right. it. Dub's got to win out. Let's make it happen. Absolutely. Next game for the Golden State Warriors, um, again, is uh, Tuesday. They're at home against Oklahoma City. So uh, maybe we'll do a post-game show after that game for our next episode. Till then, thank you, everyone. Take care. I'm joining Larry Kruger right now if you want to come roll with me. Uh, otherwise,